Hey guys, welcome to the Speak Truth Podcast. Mark Schlerth alongside my partner, Mike Evans. And uh, right off the bat, Mike, as we get ready for week three, I love this stuff, right? James, we're going to break it all down. Um, I am kicking your ass in picks right now. And the Monday night game got me a little bit because I had New Orleans and, uh, and they let them off the hook for crying out loud. Now, giving up points at the end, uh, it was a bad beat, was a push. So push. It was a push. So instead of being 6-0, and which we all expected me to be 6-0 and on my picks against the spread, I unfortunately am only 5-0-1. Oh, um, but you, on the other hand, Mike, you are 1-5. Should we start over? Do you want to just wash the slate clean, or do you want to just wave the white flag and say, oh, I've gotten pummeled, you've beaten me again, I want to give up? Wait, like, where are you? It's been a tough start. It has I been. I feel a- like the Chargers right now. <laughs> Charger going to charge her. going to charge Evans going to Evans. Evans going to Evans. Yeah. Picks. No, no, no. It's a long season. Okay. It's, it's, it's a time to so remind. You're ready to battle it, back. It's a time to remind myself and all of you out there who are off to slow starts with your with your picks. Yeah. It's a marathon, right. not a sprint. So, ultimately, what we're saying, if you want to win money, the money maker right picks now? right now. You want to win money right now. One of two strategies. Yes, one of two strategies. <laughs> go against my picks or go with my picks. Right. But we'll get to that yep. later on in the show is we'll pick our th- – it, it, it goes back and forth. He picks one week first. I pick the next. We can't pick the same team. We can go head-to-head. And you pick your three best. I pick my three best. And uh, and and uh, we live to to tell a tale. Uh, later on after the games it's are over. It's a sordid tale right now, but let's it get to the games. Is. Okay. Dallas and Arizona. Mark, I <laughs> I think it needs to be asked the question, are the Dallas Cowboys the best team in the NFL right now? Well, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you look at them offensive talent-wise, what they're able to do, dominate lines of scrimmage, run the ball at will, um, you know, CD Lamb, Dak Prescott, all the players they have right now. But when you look at it, Mike, for me, like I have, you know, that I have been huge, right? On the whole, um, on the whole, Aaron Donald is the best football player in the world campaign. I've, I've been on that for years now, right? I'm not so sure that Micah Parsons hasn't usurped him. This dude, like, if, if he just played middle linebacker, he probably would be the best middle linebacker and lead the league in tackles at linebacker. If he just played edge, I think he'd probably lead the league in sacks, like a premier type sack edge guy. And yet he does it all. He is a dominant factor right now. Uh, last week, he had two sacks, three tackles for losses. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable what this guy does on a game-in, game-out basis. And I I, I keep telling you, I, I did a game of his a couple of years ago, and it was one of the smartest football plays I had watched. So the Giants line up, right, and they have their wide receiver on the backside, their X, in a nasty split, which means if this is your offensive tackle right here, your wide receiver is, you know, five yards split out away from the offensive tackle. So there's more room on the outside. They motion it back to the outside. So now it's back and wide receiver here. So they start. So Micah Parsons jumps out and and leaves the box to go cover the back. So that's an automatic tell for an offense. Hey, they're in man to man. So what do they do? They short motion the back down, right? They're going to bam, Pick 
the corner who's in press on the wide receiver and he's going to run a rail route or, a, you know, like the wheel, but it's mm -hmm. just a rail down the edge. And so as he goes in motion, you see Michael Parsons yelling at the corner. Hey, man, hey, man, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Like, back off the ball. Don't get picked, right? And the corner's just like, completely locked in. And here comes the back, picks the cornerback. Here goes the, the wide receivers. Kenny Galladay for the Giants. You know, six foot four, can run like the wind. And Micah Parsons comes off his man coverage, bam, opens his hip, spins, runs down the sideline with him, plays, starts pressing him right. So he's in, in what they call in phase. He presses him down the sideline. And as Kenny Galladay goes up to try to make a bit, he's reading his eyes and hands. He goes, up, knocks the ball down. It was, it was, it was remarkable for me. I was like, this guy's not only a great middle linebacker. He's a shutdown corner. He's a shutdown corner. <laughs> yeah. Like he's the best yeah. player in football. But I will say this about the Dallas Cowboys. And and I don't know if I'd, I I don't know if I'm ready to give them the number one ranking yet, but they're right there in the conversation. But I will say this. They're playing a scrappy team that I think has a pretty damn good defense. And for all the people that were saying, hey, the Arizona Cardinals are tanking, the Arizona Cardinals are playing their asses off with, with questionable talent. Like, let's face it, Josh Dobbs, and he played great last week against the Giants, but Josh Dobbs is a journeyman. That's what he is. And, you know, James Conner is a really good player, really good player. But, like, they should have won a game against the Giants. The Giants came back, and it's an incredible comeback that the Giants had. But, like, for all those people that are reporting that they're tanking, let me tell you something that, that's not happening. Those players aren't rolling over. That coaching staff's not rolling over. They have. There's a lot to be proud of right now in Arizona, the way they played these first two weeks. Uh, last thought on the Cowboys. They're only the fifth team in the Super Bowl era to score 70-plus points and allow 10 or fewer points in the first two weeks of the season. They've been dominant. Second game I want to talk about. Yeah. we got Kansas City and Chicago. I don't really want to talk about Kansas City. Chiefs are the Chiefs. Chicago. Okay. In what was the year that Justin Fields was supposed to have the breakout season, mm -hmm. it's only two weeks, and all of a sudden it's is it time to move on from Justin Fields in Chicago? Yeah. What's going on? Um, I think there's a couple of things, and I think you see this – you know, historically with quarterbacks that like, I always say this about, about the quarterback position there, there are athletes who have been transitioned to play quarterback. And then there are quarterbacks who happen to be athletic. I want the latter of the two. I want a guy that has always been a quarterback that happens to be athletic. Uh, I think there's a couple of things that happen to you. One when things break down, as they do probably 30% of the time in the NFL, right? You're off schedule 30% of the time. The default mechanism of an athlete who's turned quarterback is from the neck down. I'm an athlete. I'm better than you. I always have been. Let me go make a play with my body. And personally, I still don't think, even in this progressive NFL that we have, where it's a lot more college system than it's ever been before, um, I still don't think that's a long-term solution, a long-term remedy, a long-term, um, a long-term, like, ability to chase a championship. I, I just, I still think the quarterback position, you have to be able to win from the pocket. Now, the great quarterbacks who happen to be athletic, their default mechanism is from the neck up. They're looking, their, their eyes don't, their eyes don't come down. 
Right. They don't, they feel the pressure, but they don't see the pressure. They scramble not to run, they scramble to throw, right? They scramble within the pocket. And I think what you have to do when you have one of these extremely talented athletes that's playing quarterback, and they're still learning that craft of quarterback, you got to give them as many opportunities as you can to run the ball and to do things outside the parameters of being a drop back guy. You could still work on becoming more, you know, a, a better drop back type of player, but you have to put them in their comfort zone. You know, it's funny. I'm calling the Giants game last week, and the Giants are getting throttled 20 to nothing. And I say right before the half, they have got to make some cold and design runs for Daniel Jones. That's Daniel Jones's comfort zone. Their offense operates better. Their passing game operates better when Daniel Jones becomes a threat on the edge, when it's not just about shutting down Saquon Barkley, when you've got to be able to hold that backside, but like you can't constrict, you hand it off to the right to Saquon Barkley, that safety and that corner and that defensive, you know, that line outside linebacker, that defensive, they can't all press that way because here comes Daniel Jones at the backside, right? And then all of a sudden what it does to open up that play action stuff. And I said right before the half, they've got to get back to this. They've got to get to this because they hadn't been doing it. They open up the second half, they make a long throw, then all of a sudden what happens? Daniel Jones, boot keeps naked out the backside, nobody's there, boom, touchdown, 20 yards. And then the offense started clicking. The offense started rolling. you got to put Justin Fields in his comfort zone, and that puts him in harm's rate way more than often, or more often than you want, I should say. But the bottom line is, I think that's what you have to do. But at some point, he's got to figure the neck up part. How much yeah. more time can you give him to figure it out? Well, I mean, how mu- like, do you start over? I mean, here's here's the problem with the the theory is okay that like the theory is all right. Well, then we got to get one of those guys. Well, how many of those guys come out? Because in today's NFL, uh, coming out of college, it 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 is Justin Fields. It is mm-hmm. you know it is uh, what's the kid's name Anthony Richardson. Yeah. It is C.J. Stroud. It is like, and I'm not saying those guys can't operate from the pocket, but. The quarterbacks that are coming out today are so much more spread and so much more move around in the like it's just a different it's just a different type of quarterback that you're getting. So I think I think it's all about continuing to develop, but understanding that that takes time, and we're going to have to put them in in the comfort zone as many times as we can put them in the comfort zone. The Bengals, one of the surprise mm-hmm. teams to start the season zero and two, but you and I were talking before we we got into this that you're advocating for a move that could really put him into a hole, but you think it's necessary. I don't think Joe Burrow can protect himself. One, we know that they haven't been able to protect him, right? We know that offensive line has struggled. And I watched him limp around last week, and, you know, he's on the sideline with one of those Thero guns, you know, working on his calf, and it... And I am just worried. Here's what I know about your body and being injured. You know, I spent a career being injured. Your body is the greatest compensation machine ever invented, right? So when something is hurt, your body will compensate for that injury by putting more stress on other areas of your body that normally don't absorb that much stress. 
And what ends up happening inevitably is you injure something else while you're protecting said injury. And because your offensive line has not been fixed and it is struggling and Joe Burrow can't escape and he can't protect himself, I'm advocating they shut him down. And maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's three weeks, maybe it's four weeks. And so let's say it's four weeks and let's say you find a way to eke out two wins. And so you get done with six weeks of the season and you're two and four. But Joe Burrow is 100% healthy and that calf is no longer an issue. I like my chances. But, but you're sounding like somebody who is all thinking about the investment that you've made in Joe Burrow and protecting that investment. Whereas historically, we've seen a league where quarterbacks, they really take that as a source of pride going out there every week, even if they're banged up. Those consecutive sure. games started streaks right. are very important to quarterbacks. Yeah. A lot of them have famously played through a, a lot of injuries and ailments. Don't you suspect Burrow's going to want to do that too? Doesn't Burrow seem to be made out of that same kind of cloth? I think Burrow is all balls. I mean, I think he's one of the toughest dudes out there. And watching him just stare in the face of danger, take Rydell to the teeth, I mean, he, he does not care. He does not protect himself. I mean, he's going to push the ball down the field. He's going to push the ball to his receivers. So I think he does a great job with that stuff, just a great job. But the bottom line to me is I know when you're hurt and you are that much of an investment, like I, I believe that Joe Burrow will want to play. I, I believe it's incumbent upon the organization to say what's best for our long-term investment, but not it's not just your long-term investment. It's what gives us the best chance to fight for a wild-card spot. Because you go out there with Joe Burrow and that he hurts something else or you you further aggravate that injury to now where he's, instead of saying, hey, maybe it's just a two-week, you know, rehab and rest, maybe all of a sudden it becomes an eight-week. Maybe it becomes a surgery. Maybe, like, I don't know, but I just, like, my guy can't protect himself and we've got a lot invested in him and we're not going anywhere without him. I mean, we, pro we proved that over the, over the course of decades. So, like... I'm just saying, I'm concerned. And then, you know, you're going to play the Rams with Aaron Donald. Good luck. Well, speaking of the Rams, we yeah. saw what happened to the Rams last year without Matthew Stafford. Uh -huh. And you're seeing his return, what it means. Uh -huh. uh, if if you had San Francisco minus the eight, you're not saying a lot of nice things about Sean sure, McVay right sure. now. But do you want to say some nice things about the Rams? Are they surprising you? A little bit in the early going. They have. I, you know, I've always been a huge Matthew Stafford guy, right? Matthew Stafford is an incredible quarterback. And now they lost their, you know, they they lost their best wide receiver. He's been injured. But this Pukunakua kid, I mean, he comes, you know, he's all-time record right now for the most receptions in the first two games of a player's career. Had 15 last week. They had 10 the week before. Um I had, had 25 catches, most by any player in their first two games. It's incredible what he's like. This kid is what a fifth rounder from BYU. Great name, Puka Nakua. I know what you want to do. Just do it. Just do it. Just. Go I don't. Ahead. I mean, I don't have it prepared or anything. No, but off right. the top of my head, uh, yeah. if I was a rapper, you know, I'd, I'd start with a, I'd start with like a Rupert Holmes like tune, like, Do you like Puka Nakua? Catching balls for LA. If you're not into drops, 
you need this, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, just, I, I lost it. But yeah, I, like the kid is phenomenal, right? He's phenomenal. And I tell you what, man, um, the, the other thing about the Rams, they invested, one of their big issues last year was line of scrimmage play, offensive line play. They invested draft picks there. They invested some folks there. They're playing much better up front. And look what they're doing without Cooper Cup right now. What's going to happen when they get Cooper Cup back, who to me is one of the best wide receivers and gives them the opportunity to play in what they call 11 and a half personnel in the Rams. So 11 personnel, we know what that is, right? Three wide receivers, one tight end, one back, 11. Uh, when, when I was playing, we used to call that zebra. Okay, but you're in 11 personnel. Well, teams work on your 11 personnel plays. Well, what they do with Cooper Cup is they run him at the F, which is the slot receiver, but they play him like a tight end. And so now all of a sudden they're lining up in what would be 12 personnel formations and 12 personnel plays, and they're running 12 personnel plays out of 11 personnel, things you haven't really worked on. So meaning, like, here's here's a, a, a for instance. Let's say you, you're in a, like, let's say you're in doubles, doubles right so you have a tight end a z receiver a flanker you know the f which is cooper and the x now you motion across that f receiver and he gets behind the hip of the tight end and now we're running we're running what we call a quad block between the tight end and cooper cup on side front side to the safety and cooper cup is playing the role of a backup tight end who is running a backup tight end kind of run play and getting up to the safety because he's got huge balls and he is not afraid to do it. As a matter of fact, he relishes it. He loves it. And so it's just, a, just, it's a play that you can't expect out of three wides. And yet they run it that way. And, and he's one of the only receivers in the league that does it, that can do it. And so it gives them an added kind of element of almost surprise or, or, you know, unscripted type of stuff for the defense. So he's an amazing talent. He's an amazing player. Look, I'm I'm not one. I'm not afraid to uh, be be called uh, fear mongering, over exaggerating uh -huh. things, making something that is right. a mountain out of a molehill. But am I right in saying that the Chargers and Vikings are playing an elimination game? Yeah, they're this both. Week? Yeah, they're both owing to. Yeah, they're both. This is an two. elimination game. Right, loser's gone. Yeah. At Minnesota, elimination game. Remember all those close games Minnesota won. And I, and I thought it was pretty incredible what they did on Thursday night, coming off that bye week, you know, on Thursday night, um, what they were able to do in Philly, and they ended up losing that game and giving up a bunch of yards rushing, um, where uh, DeAndre Swift was just amazing in, in that particular game. But um, you know, for Philadelphia um, – but I tell you what, the, the Chargers, you know, we say it all the time, we joke around all the time, but the Chargers are going to charge her. Like, there's something in their DNA where they're just waiting for something bad to happen. Like, that's the Chargers, right? Like, and, and I always say this, when, when I was a player, when you played a team that had questions or historically weren't very good and you were a good team, you would always just kind of say, just wait for them to make that first mistake and then they're going to piss down their legs, right? Because you, you could be playing this perfect game. You could be going crazy, scoring points, playing great defense, doing all the things that, that you're required to do, and then you make the one boneheaded mistake, 
And you know what you say if you're a charger? Here we go again. And then it happens. Mentally, you're beat. And a couple of bad things happen to you. You make a couple bad decisions. Next thing you know, done, gone. And that's how I feel about the Chargers. Like, the Chargers going to charge them. So this is an elimination game. It's also, it also, I mean, we're getting close to being the, the Brandon Staley elimination game as well. Because, like, is there anybody on a hotter hot seat than, than Brandon Staley? I, I would think not. So give me a pick. Who gets eliminated this week? Uh, on the road, the Chargers, Minnesota having an extra three or four days of preparation. I'm going to go Vikings at home winning this game. Chargers done. Chargers going to charge it. Yeah. And, you know, conversely, there's something to the idea, too, of learning how to win. And I mm. think we saw that with Detroit last week. All kinds of hype coming off that win right. over the Chiefs. Yeah. Detroit game sold out for the first time uh-huh. in forever. You've got this game this week. They fell flat. They lose at home to Seattle. Right. So now they got to get back into playing like a front runner. Yeah. And that's not as easy as it as it may sound. No. And and then going back to the running back situation, uh, Dave Montgomery for Detroit, he's out with a thigh bruise. Um, they're, they're a talented team, and they're a tough-minded team. Jared Goff threw his first interception in forever. Uh, they're a really good team. The other thing that was, was surprising to me against Seattle is Seattle played two backup offensive tackles, and Detroit didn't get a sniff. In pass in pass rush, they they finally at the end of the game off a held ball on a scramble by Geno Smith finally got a sack. But they literally I don't know they put a pressure on on Geno Smith. I mean it was incredible. So that part has to be fixed because everybody was complaining about their back end getting torched by the Seattle Seahawks. You know and they've got Lockett and they've got Metcalf and they got Smith and Jigba. They they can play. But the bottom line is, if you don't get any pressure, I don't care who you are on the back end, if you don't get pressure, you ain't going to cover guys. Not in this league, and not those guys. So that's big. And, and then I, I will just tell you this real quick. With Atlanta, they're 2-0. Every 2-0 team last year, Mike, every t- six teams started 2-0 last year. All six made the playoffs. Atlanta's 2-0. The last time Atlanta was 2-0 in 2017, they made the playoffs. And let me tell you what, physical nasty and i don't know that i've seen Bijan robinson's equal dude there there are more rewindable moments than i can even tell you i mean watching that kid was it was like you know like a varsity kid getting in trouble and his punishment is he's got to go down and play a jv game <laughs> Like, you're talking about NFL athletes, and you made NFL athletes look like JV players. This kid is eye-popping. Like, eye-pop. Mike, he is he's just flat-out phenomenal, man. Well, if six teams started 2-0 and and all made the playoffs, then we'll see if nine can do it this time. Because right now, Miami, Baltimore, Dallas, Philly, mm. Washington, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco all at Two and oh, you ready to make All some right. picks? Yeah, before we let you go, let's make our picks. The moneymaker pick sure to go wrong, just to remind people because I don't know if everybody knows. I'm 5 0 and 1. I'm 5 0 and 1. I got screwed on the New Orleans pick last week, so I should be 6 and 0. Uh, no surprise there, Mike. One in five. Uh, no surprise there either. Like, this is exactly how this normally goes, but but I pick first. Go ahead. Um, 
and here's my moneymaker picks sure to go wrong okay five oh and one i've got green bay minus two they took one on the chin last week gave up a 12 point lead in the fourth quarter to atlanta i like green bay to win that at home i've got seattle minus six uh, I think Seattle is going to get back on track. I think they're playing much better run defense. Their back end will come together. I like Seattle minus six. And then I've got the Rams giving up two over Cincinnati. Is I, that with the assumption that you think Burrow doesn't I think, play? I think Burrow, I think they, uh, he's either limited or they shut him down. But I, I don't feel good about where they are right now. And I like what the Rams are doing. All right, I'm going to bounce back here. Here we go. Cleveland. Yes. Devastating to see what happened to Nick Chubb. But I, I, I still think at some point uh, Deshaun Watson gets it going. I'll take Cleveland minus three at home against Tennessee. I'll take Detroit in the game you're calling. I'll uh -huh. take the uh, Lions minus the three and a half against Atlanta. And a big number, but I think Jacksonville bounces back and covers the 10 wow. at home over Houston. I hate every one of your picks. I know you do. And I love all three of mine. Uh, make sure you uh, follow us. Click the subscribe button. Do all the things that you do. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. You have no idea. For everybody involved in the Stinging Truth podcast, uh, we got some big news coming down the pike as well. You're going to be really excited about that but for everybody involved for mike myself thank you so much and we'll be back with you guys next week